This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson, and we're joined here today with Jillian Stein. She's the CEO of Henry's. Some may know it as Henry's Cameras, but it's actually more than that. It's a specialty digital imaging retailer. So welcome, Jillian. Thank you very much, Craig, for having me today. Now, this is a special uh, segment here. You've uh, come up with something a bit courageous. Uh, you're the first major CEO in Canada to announce that you have bipolar disorder. That is correct. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, what made you come out with this announcement. Uh, tell me what prompted that uh, and, and how things are going so far with it. So the, the purpose of it is that my hope is to encourage others to share their stories around mental health and to seek the help that they need so that they can live uh, so that we all can live normal, fulfilling, and, and wonderful lives. I think it's something that all of us deserve. And I'd say it's it's really amazing to see how um, depression and anxiety disorder have become more normalized. But I'd say the business community is still very far behind in this regard. And as business leaders, we're ve- we very, very rarely talk about our own personal struggles. And then in general... There's still a great deal of stigma and shame around sort of a broader spectrum of mental health disorders. Um, and so I felt that it was important to 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 step up. And I, I've barely heard of leaders of companies even talk about this, or at least they would never admit it because it's considered to some anyways to be a point of quote unquote weakness, even though I know a lot of people personally that actually suffer from mental health issues and they're really at high level. We just don't talk about it. Um, do you have any insights into why people aren't talking about this and, and what we should be doing to maybe normalize the conversation a little bit more? Well, it's a great question as to why. I mean, the reality is, as you say, you know, lots of people, one in five Canadians will su- suffer from mental health illness at, or mental illness at any given time. But that's that's at a moment in time. That's not over a lifespan. That's at any moment, one in five. So if you think about that, statistically, it is impossible that there are not more business leaders who do have mental illness or are struggling with their mental health and aren't speaking about it. So, um, you know, in terms of what do we do about it, I guess this is where I felt that by not talking about it, I, I was perpetuating a stigma and that every time I didn't tell somebody about my own personal mental health situation, that it was an opportunity lost. And so I think it starts with, obviously, there's lots of work that needs to happen once you do, you know, open up and, and talk about it, but it starts with talking about it and it starts with destigmatizing it. And so I think anybody who has a platform um, where they are, you know, can be seen as successful and credible and, and have achieved, you know, what they wanted in life, that that's a really great opportunity for you to share so that other people can see that, you know, if they get the help early, if they get the support that they need, that they too can, you know, hopefully live live the life that they want. How are how has the news been received so far? Because you've done, a, I think, a few media interviews uh, before before this podcast. It has been exceptionally, overwhelmingly positive. Um, mm-hmm. I have had countless people reaching out to me uh, personally on LinkedIn. People who I know, people who I don't know. Um, sharing their stories, um, thanking me. And um, it, it's, 
I mean, I guess the good news is in this day and age, it, it's really hard to react negatively to it. You know, I think we have come far enough, you know, in our society that people, when you do it, they say, oh, that's great. That, you know, thank you for being the first one. Um, so, it's, but it's been, it's been very, very positive. Very positive. That's amazing. I think some are probably afraid that it could stigmatize them for, you know, future, future roles. And this is something that I thought about in my past too, because I'm pretty sure that, you know, I don't know how diagnosed it is, but I probably would have OCD or disorder and some you know, degree of anxiety. I also think that the one in five statistic is probably at least half of what it would be. Uh, in my experience, I used to do some counseling with the uh, Law Society of British Columbia, and we had some pretty prominent people there making over a million dollars a year on suicide watch. Uh, I think mental health right. issues are wow. actually far more. Uh, that taught me money doesn't buy happiness when you got something. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I think there's a there's a there's a for sure a fear, and I, I sort of see because it's it's interesting how you there's been people who who will talk about talk about themselves and have been open and been vulnerable in their, um, you know, um, um, uh, sports figures and um, celebrities and and. But there's, I think, a bit of a, a credibility concern for those who are in business or leaders and, you know, where you have to be able to sell yourself as being credible and stable and that people should be able to follow you and trust you and that your ideas are solid. And so this fear, I think, that anybody might question that is is what holds you back and that somebody not may not be able to trust you in the future, which obviously is is not accurate, um, but I think that's some of the underlying fear and, and maybe what's held us back. Mm. And some people just won't understand it. I mean, um, I recall speaking to someone a while back, and they seemed to almost villainize bipolar disorder specifically, which which I thought was silly because I think it was a lack of education, perhaps. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Did you find that it's been a challenge to say run an organization having a bipolar disorder? Or tell me a little bit about uh, how how that's been and. How, you know, I guess even treatment, what can be done there? Because I think there are far more, uh, like I said, leaders that we realize that do have uh, issues and, and, you know, what's out there that can be done to help? Well, so I'll start. So your first question in terms of my own experience, um, what it's been like running a business. And and I guess I would say um, it's not it's not as exciting as it might sound. I, I don't really feel that my life is that different than anybody else's. And my experience as a CEO is, is not really different than any other business leader. So it is something being bipolar, sorry, having bipolar disorder is something that can be well managed and doesn't have to define you. Um, so it's, I'm, you know, for me, and I can't, it's hard for me to say, speak on other people's behalf and what would work for them. But for me, you know, I'm very thoughtful. Um, I'm very attuned with my own mental health. And so I'm constantly sort of checking in with myself and making sure that I'm, you know, look, sleep is probably one of the most important things. And as a as a business leader, that's a hard thing to get, but I prioritize sleep and nutrition and sort of, you know, some of the most basic stuff. Um, and then it's, you know, if I'm struggling or something doesn't feel right, I'm, I'm, you know, I speak with a therapist or I call my doctor because maybe I need to change my medication because that's, you know, one of the things is that it it's always fluctuating, right? It's never a constant. So you just, you have to be very attuned to it. Um, but if you are, then it, you can be proactive and it's not something then that holds you back. So I think that's important to think about. Mm -hmm. And support out there. I mean, I don't want to say just for executives, but but I, th I think you know what I'm getting at here in terms of those who are struggling even quietly could at least start talking to some peers. Well, 
I actually, I will say that something that is really important for me is the network that I have. And it's not a network that's specific to mental health. It is actually a, it's a, a, um, an executive network. So I'm a member of Young Presidents Organization and it's a collection of, of CEOs and presidents from around the world. But what's really unique about it is that we really pride ourselves on being vulnerable, sharing our experience. And it's this idea that it's lonely at the top, but I think it doesn't have to be, but you have to allow yourself to be open. And so that to me, it is such an, such a strong foundation for me to have and that for anybody to have, and it, again, it doesn't have to be that organization. It's just this idea that you surround yourself with people that you can be open with. And that can make all the difference. And whether it's mental health or, or any other challenge that you're having, just having other people to talk to that you can be open with makes it, just mm-hmm. makes it so much easier, right? I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything you would suggest for business executives or otherwise who are struggling right now? For anybody, I would say talk. Right, I think talk is where you start. You need to to reach out and get support. Um, there's lots of different places to get that. You know, unfortunately, today it can still be hard to get the support. Um, we don't have enough resources in Canada. Um, but if you, you know, but that's that is the place to start. And so I would also, I mean, whether you're the owner of your business or whether you're, you know, employed, what's important, I think, for a from a CEO or business leader's perspective is that you also have the right things in place within your company and you may use it, your employees may use it. So that's your benefits program, your, you know, uh, EAP employee assistance programs. These are all the things that are there to be able to support you um, and are probably more accessible quickly um, and can help you quickly. So whether, again, it's whether it's for yourself or for your employees, these are things that you can have in place to make it easier to get, to get help. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, is there anything else we'd like to mention in terms of situation here and what uh, you might suggest for executives in the industry who might be uh, struggling? I, yeah, I think, I mean, to not be afraid. How did employees at Henry's uh, react when this news came about, whenever it came about? So it's still, it's still new. The article where I sort of first told everybody, it came out last week. And that's really the first step in this journey. What I really want to do is share more internally and talk about not just myself, but my family, because it is a family business. And so I I want our employees to really understand why this is important. And when we talk about uh, supporting our employees' mental health, that we really mean it. It's not, it's not just lip service and, and also to set an example for them. So, so far the response has been positive, but as I said, it's, it's just the beginning of a journey. Um, So we'll have to you know, keep working on that because it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to make sure that your employees, especially at times like this, that they um, that they have the support that they need and they feel comfortable and they feel confident. And I think this was a real step in terms of trying to make sure that we create a safe environment for people to talk about these issues. Well, when the leader of the business can be so honest with something and be vulnerable, I'm assuming that the employees are going to now also feel more comfortable being more open. That's the hope. Right? That's yeah. the hope. No, I, I think that's wonderful. Um, now, now, Henry's has uh, also a, um, a foundation for mental health, uh, the Henry's Foundation. Tell me a little bit about that. It was founded, I think, last year. Yeah. So, convenient timing. We launched it in March 2020. So, that wasn't really 
that wasn't planned that way, that it was going to happen <laughs> at the same time as the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so the foundation is something that, um, that my family has sort of has got behind and has, and has launched. My sister, Amy Stein is the executive director of it, and she's doing a fantastic job of, um, especially in this environment, really pushing this agenda forward. Uh, and it's been obviously challenging just given again, that we launched this right in the middle of COVID, but we felt that it was important to continue with that. They, they say the next pandemic is a mental health pandemic, right? So such so so the timing, even though it's hard from a business perspective, was actually really important. So what the foundation does is um, it's a combination of uh, fundraising and programs that we support in that are all related to mental health. We work with um, we've got six different partners that we that we work with, uh, including uh, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Uh, kids help phone jack.org and then we've got a number of regional partners that we work with and then we're also doing some other things like uh, we have got the uncaptured moments campaign and so if you hashtag uncaptured moments it's all about um, let's share the moments that aren't perfect on social media right so for us it's a an important connection kind of between what we do as a business right in the content creator space and what impact that has on mental health. And so we all know that social media, while has lots of benefits, also can have some really negative, you know, unintended consequences. And so people always share that perfect moment, uh, but they don't share the real moments. And so we want to share more real moments. So that's something that that we've been running for a while. And then there's more stuff that we're gonna that we're gonna come out with. So there's a lot, there's a lot to come there. I'm really excited about about what the foundation's doing both inside Henry's and outside. No, it makes sense. And you mentioned mental health pandemic, and it's something that probably many of us should be talking about because, I, you know, the past, what has it been, almost two years, at least since we started going through those March lockdowns in 2020, this has been just, yeah. you know, unprecedented, certainly for those of us that are alive today. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot to, pro- it's a lot to process. We're not meant for this. No, no. <laughs> I mean, life was hard enough already, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that you're coming out in terms of making this announcement, I think would be timely in terms of other executives and, and just people in general. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much, uh, uh, Jillian Stein, the CEO of Henry's. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you again so much for having me. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. This is Craig Patterson. This has been the Retail Insider Podcast. Take care and bye for now. 